Today's sermon is entitled, A King from Benjamin. A King from Benjamin. Say it again. A King from Benjamin. We'll be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 10. And I want to dedicate today's sermon to my friend, Benjamin J. Kane. A king from Benjamin is dedicated to Daddy Kane, Benjamin J. Kane. I had the opportunity to go see my friend uh, this weekend. I was anxious to see him. It's been a long time. And when I went to see him, uh, the nurse came in And she asked me, what's his name? And I said, Ben. She said, ah, yes, Benjamin. And she said, Benjamin. She called his name, Benjamin, Benjamin, wake up. He didn't respond to her. I can't make this stuff up, so... Watch how this turns out. Um, And still at this point, I didn't recognize what God was doing. And she said, Benjamin. He didn't wake up. But then when I called him after she walked out, I said, Daddy came. He opened his eyes. He turns over. And so I didn't. Again, make much of the calling of Benjamin, only to realize I would get home to study, to get my notes together. And and the nurse's question of what's his name, Benjamin, coincided with actually a chapter I had read three days prior to that point. I said, Are you playing games, God? And from studying, God reminded me as I was looking in the word and I was studying about Benjamin, God reminded me of the nurse's question. He said, do you remember what the nurse asked? What's his name? And then it clicked. I said, oh, snap. Okay. And I don't think the nurse really, the the nurse didn't not know his name. And sometimes the nurses will do this to see if you're supposed to be there or not. So they're asking to see if, you know, do you know his name? Oh, oh, what's his name, by the way? I was like, Ben, Ben Kane. Yeah, I know who he is. And I'm I'm here uh, on behalf of the family. So don't try to trip. 
you know, they try to, to see who you are. But I didn't get it then. I probably was in my feelings at that point. Like, why are you asking me that? You know, you know his name. And I know you know his name. Never mind. Let me get back on point here. So the question arose, the question arose, can any good thing come out of Benjamin? As I was studying. And we've heard this phrase before, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? It was talking about Jesus. And God led me to focus on the origin. Watch this. Because the passage I was studying was not about Benjamin. The passage is really about Saul. Hmm. So God led me to focus. He says, I don't want you to focus so much on the protagonist, Saul. I want you to focus on Saul's origin. And Saul's origin was that he was from the, watch this, here it is. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. Ah, so the title of the sermon is called A King from Benjamin. Now, a tribe would be named after a person who was the family tree that built that particular offspring or genealogy. So, the tribe of Benjamin was named after Benjamin, and Saul would be made king, but from where? The tribe of Benjamin. So today's message is about a king from Benjamin. Ah, Stick with me here. And so in this tribe of Benjamin, Saul was to be made king. And the text says in chapter 9 or so, he says, Saul was very goodly. That's King James Version says. He was very goodly looking. He was good looking. He was fine. He was handsome. He was statuesque. He was a burly man. And I remember, and then I remembered, I said, oh, Saul is handsome. And then I remembered seeing an old wedding picture of Ben and Joyce Kane, daddy and mama Kane posing. And I tell you this, they were fine. Very, they were goodly. Yeah, they were goodly looking. And I thought, wow, look at them. They look so hot. And I said, no wonder Daddy Kane got a little swag on him. And so I thought, wow, what is the comparison, God? I'm trying to study about Saul. And he keeps pointing me to Benjamin. And he says, out of Benjamin, look at these comparisons. He says, out of Benjamin comes this beautiful king, Saul. And so he has this picture of Saul being very goodly. And so, well, Benjamin... So what I led to believe was that Benjamin produced this fine, muscular man, Saul. And so one day, Saul was out looking for his dad's donkeys. And so Saul was out working, minding his own business, looking for donkeys one day, and he was not looking to be king. Saul did not want to be king. He was just looking for donkeys. But when he couldn't find them, watch this now, Saul had in his right mind, he said, 
let me seek a seer for counsel. In other words, is there a prophet somewhere around that can help me find my donkeys? Watch this now. I'm going to put it together. And upon sighting, upon seeing a prophet, he learned of his future with God. So Saul ran into Samuel. Ah, God. And so Samuel was the seer that began to give Saul counsel. Ah. But Samuel doesn't really relate to Saul unless Saul is from Benjamin. Now, so in my dedication, I'm not comparing Daddy Cain to Saul. But I'm comparing Daddy Cain, Benjamin, to Benjamin, the home of the Benjamites. Ah, come on. So the reference isn't first to focus on Saul. And as much as I studied and tried to pull things out of Saul, God said, I'm not interested in Saul. I'm interested in Benjamin. And I've heard this story preached several times, and everyone focuses on Saul. But Saul wouldn't be Saul without Benjamin. Do you get what I'm saying? Without the the characteristics of the culture, of the tribe, he came from a set of um, um, uh, habits and uh, notions and proclivities of a people. Ah, God, watch this. So God said, I see Saul, but Saul is a product of where he comes from. And so the tribe of Benjamin would become the tribe that produces a king. So like Abraham would be the father of many nations way back in, in Genesis, so Benjamin would produce its king. So from this place, from this tribe, from this unique region, we would see a crowned king. Stay with me for a minute. When the people of Israel were asking for a king, because Israel wanted a king. Everybody else had a king. They said, everybody give us a king. So when Israel wanted the king, who did God turn to? Where did God turn to? He turned to Benjamin because Benjamin is the place where a king could arrive from. And watch this now. Ben was the youngest brother. When we talk about Ben, Benjamin, talk about Benjamin in the Bible was the youngest brother of Joseph. Oh, watch this now. And I don't know how much this connects. We'll have to talk later a little bit. But Benjamin was the youngest brother of Joseph. And so he was the second born of Rachel. So you remember the whole story about um, Jacob who was married uh, the wrong, uh, the uh, was given the first daughter of Laban and Joseph, uh, Jacob didn't love her. He loved Rachel. He, he didn't love Leah. He loved Rachel. And he had to serve 20 years before he even got her. So he finally got Rachel. And remember, 
Rachel was barren. Oh, shoot. So Rachel wasn't even supposed to have kids, but Rachel ended up having Joseph and Benjamin. So Benjamin was the younger son. Now we know who Joseph is. Joseph was the one who got thrown in the pit by his brothers, sent to Egypt, sold to Egypt. And Joseph went on to be second in command of all the people in Egypt. And he ended up taking care of his family during a famine there. So Joseph came uh, from this the soil or this root place of of Rachel and his brother was Benjamin. Now watch this. He was called Benjamin. The name is Benjamin and he was called the son of my right hand. Oh, watch this now. In other words, it signified lucky. In the Hebrew, it means there's just something lucky about you. So this is Benjamin. This is Benjamin. And guess what? Rachel died while having Benjamin. Oh, this gets notionous. So his mother died during childbirth and she called him, Rachel called him Benoni, which means son of my sorrow, meaning she was having so much pain. Oh, you're going to miss it. Having Benjamin that she called him son of sorrow. But Jacob stepped in and said, no, 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 honey. No, no, Rachel, we're going to call him Benjamin, Benjamin, because he's the son of my right hand. And so it was Benjamin who, uh, who Jacob loved. It was Benjamin who Jacob loved because Joseph had been sold away. Joseph, remember, Joseph was the one with the coat of many colors. People got jealous. The brothers tried to still kill him, sold him off to Egypt. So Joseph wasn't a part of his dad's life for many of his years. So Jacob fell in love with Benjamin, because Benjamin was special. Are you getting, I'm giving you this history so you can get the picture of how a king comes out of Benjamin, that you don't just arrive at a status. There is something that starts in your life long before you become successful. And it usually has to, so it's important for you to make sure your roots are right. It's important to make sure that you're connected with God so that your family tree produce. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Jacob loved Benjamin and Benjamin became his favorite. And so Benjamin though also would be the smallest of the brothers and he was the youngest of the brothers but he would prove to be incredibly pertinent to God's plan. I'm just trying to get you to see that the place is really a no-name place, um, that Benjamin came and he wasn't even supposed to come, his mama was barren, that uh, his original name was Benoni, son of my sorrows. In other words, he's getting all this bad rap, he comes out, he's smaller than everybody else, he's not of great stature, he's he's the youngest of everybody, the, the baby in the family, I should 
No. The baby in the family doesn't get to make any decisions. The baby in the family doesn't get any creds. The baby in the family is the one all sit on over there, sit down over there. But the baby in the family, this baby in the family would become someone who has incredible relevance to God. And so the tribe of Benjamin was also known, watch this, uh, watch this tip. The tribe was known for its ability to fight. And I know Benjamin Cain Jr. or Benjamin Cain Sr. served our country as a mighty warrior as well. And so the Bible mentions, watch this now, the Bible mentions specifically that it was noted in scripture that the Benjamites fought well with their left hands. Oh, watch this. The text suggests that the Benjamites were keenly ambidextrous and able to fight with their left hands. <laughs> and I don't know if if Ben J. Kane is left-handed or not, but I do know this. This is significant to me because it is the left side of Benjamin Kane that is able to move. Uh, it is his right side is still struggling to recover, but I remember going in and his left side is able to move. He was wagging his foot and, and he was moving his hand. He kept trying to get his arm from under the sheet. And so watch this now. In fact, I, I held his left hand. And so my hand was in his hand and he wasn't doing much with it. He, he didn't do nothing. He just, his hand is there. He kept going in and out of sleep. But then I said, I asked him, I said, Daddy Kane, I said, if you know this is Pastor Charon, and if, if you, if you recognize me, squeeze my hand. And he said, uh, 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 and he starts squeezing and he kept squeezing as if to say, Listen, this is not a one-off. I'm not just doing this out of reaction. I'm squeezing your hand intentionally. I can't make this stuff up, y'all. So when I'm studying the scripture and I'm studying about Benjamites, Benjamites are strong in their left hand. And it was his left hand that squeezed my left hand. And so I started thinking, oh God, what are you doing here? I got excited while I was studying. And so the tribe of Benjamin was considered the smallest and the youngest of tribes. And Saul even said, said he was from the least of all families in Benjamin. So not only was the tribe small, but even Saul said, my family don't even mean much to people. And that kind of humility reminded me again of my friend, Benjamin J. Kane. Am I not just from Flint, Michigan. All his humility is something to be rivaled. Oh, he doesn't ask for much. He says, am I not just from humble means and generous beginnings? It is out of this kind of tribe that a king would come. Do you see what I'm saying? This is the kind of attitude Saul took on because that was the attitude of the tribe he came from. 
oh man, you're going to miss this. So from Benjamin comes a man to be anointed king. And in 1 Samuel chapter 10, we get the opportunity to peek in on Samuel's private anointing of the Benjamite Saul. So today I want to talk to those who see themselves as too low. I want to talk to those who see themselves as unqualified. Um, I want to talk to those who see themselves from meager beginnings to those who come from a Benjamin but have underestimated the power of your tribe. Nobody thinks much of your family. Nobody thinks much of your history. But God came to tell you out of little can come much. I'm talking to all those out of Benjamin who think you don't matter. And I came to tell you today, God says, you have what it takes to be kings and queens because Benjamin is of good heritage. Come on, somebody. If you can find or see your course of origin coming from a place like Benjamin, then you too can be a queen or a king. So God uses 1 Samuel chapter 10 verses 1 through 7 to give Saul three signs to help him know that he was called to be king. And even though he was from a young and small tribe of Benjamin, it was Saul whom God chose to be the king over Israel. Check this out. Are you following with me? Watch this. Let's look at the text. Verse 1 says, Then Samuel took uh, the flask of oil, poured it on his head. This is Samuel anointing Saul. uh, Poured it on his head, kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? When you go from me today, then you will find, watch this, sign one, two men close to Rachel's tomb in the territory, look at that, close to Rachel's tomb, talking about Benjamin's mother, close to Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelza. We're talking about Benjamin. Why does God have to mention Benjamin? Because Benjamin is the origin of the king. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. Remember Saul went out to find his donkeys, couldn't find them. Asked Samuel, where are they? Couldn't find them. Samuel says, your donkeys have been found. Verse 3, now behold, your father has ceased to be concerned about the donkeys and is anxious for you saying, what shall I do about my son? Where is my son? Talking about Saul's dad. Verse 3, then you will go on further from there and you you will come as far as the oak of Tabor and there three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you one carrying three young goats another carrying three loaves of bread and another carrying a jug of wine and they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread which you will accept from their hand that's two afterward You will come to the hill of God, number three, where the Philistine garrison is. And it shall be as soon as you have come there to the city that you will meet a group 
of prophets. Uh-oh. Saul saw the prophet Samuel. He meets the prophets. And then he says, coming down from the high place with harp, tambourine, flute, and a lyre before them, and they will be prophesying. He says, you're going to see these men coming down. And then he says in verse six, then out of these three signs, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you shall prophesy and with them and be changed. Here it is. And this is the word that stood out to me. The two words be changed into another man. Ah, I want you to mark that be changed into another man. Oh yeah. So verse seven says, it shall be when these signs come to you, do for yourself what the occasion requires for God is with you. Can I get a witness from anybody about the power of God when God is with you? Now, let's go back. I want to talk about this first part in verse number one, where we see Samuel anointing Saul. Now, I want you to be clear. Benjamin doesn't give you the oil. Benjamin is not there with the oil, giving it to Saul. Benjamin doesn't give the oil, but he prepares you to be picked for the oil. Uh, See, many people focus in the text about Saul and how Saul got anointed with the oil. But God said, I want you to focus on where the person came from who got the oil. And so there's a preparation that came from Benjamin before Saul even got anointed with oil. He was prepared to be picked for oil. So all I'm trying to say is that Benjamin, the place of Benjamin, your origin is not the thing that pours the oil on you. It is what prepares you to have the oil poured upon you. And I'm going to speak something very clear and definitive to some of you family members, that many people that it's think that it's the family that is supposed to dub you or anoint you. And that if your family doesn't accept you, that you're not the chosen one. I told you again, Joseph, was chosen and it was his family who actually rejected him. Your family is not the place of approval or authority. It is the place of preparation for you to be picked out of the family. You remember the story of Cinderella and the stepsisters and Cinderella was there in the house and how she was the one who was picked to be the princess. Ah, God, listen to me. Now, all the other sisters had the same opportunity. But if you realize, Cinderella was not a real child of that particular mother, her stepmother. I'm telling you, it's where you come from. 
And the reason the three other sisters, the two other sisters weren't picked to be princes was because the origin of the stepmother was foul. And the reason that Cinderella got picked was because the origin of her parents was blessed. And I came to tell somebody that when your origin is correct, when your origin is palatable to the divinity of God, you are prepared in advance to be picked for something juicy. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? The focus and the emphasis is not on Saul, but it's on the place where he came from. The kind of people God picks are people who are humble, people who are kind, people who are caring, people who are hardworking, people who are fighters, etc. So God was saying, I'm going to choose somebody from Benjamin because the tribe of Benjamin possesses humble, kind, caring, hardworking fighters who are strong with their left hand. Oh, you see how it's coming together? And so God didn't look to other tribes because other tribes may have been shady or janky. I'm asking you to respect your Benjamin. I dedicate this sermon today to a friend named Benjamin because he fits that clientele. He fits that genre for me. He fits that humility. He fits that kindness. He fits that hardworkingness. He fits that fight. He fits that left hand strength. I remember him today and I honor him as we look at the place of origin that out of Benjamin can come a king. So in verse number one, put verse one on the screen, it says, then Samuel took the flask of oil, poured it on his head and kissed him and said, has not the Lord anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? Can I just digress for a moment? Let me just share this because I went to the hospital bed and I had my oil in my flask and I anointed Benjamin J. Cain with oil. Had no idea that I'd be in this particular text on this weekend and God said everything happens for a reason. I kissed him with my heart, my soul, and my spirit. I rubbed my hand over his head. I stroked his hair back and I talked to him and when I sang to him oh he was asleep earlier but when I started singing he turned up and he looked at me the whole time eyes buck wide and just listened to me I said yes sir we're having church we had everything but communion I did everything I did exhortation I did prayer I did songs praise and worship and I did a benediction I anointed him I did everything possible (laughs) (laughs) And so this fits with the text. So Samuel took out his flask of oil because Benjamin raised a man who fit the type that God could use. God, listen to what I'm saying. It doesn't matter if the people chose Saul for the wrong reasons because the people were asking for a king for the wrong reasons. God said it don't matter. Benjamin still can produce what is being asked for. God will use you for his purpose even when people have wrong motives. Oh, that's good. People, God will use you even when people try to trick you or select you for improper reasons. What that saying is, 
regardless of what people want to do. Good is good. In other words, out of Benjamin comes goodness. Regardless of if people choose the wrong way or if they don't choose to act right, it doesn't matter. The facts are Benjamin produces good people. Come on. So he poured it on his head as a place of the top for the oil to flow down. The text said he poured it on his head and he poured it at the top of his head so that the oil could flow down. And as I prayed this weekend, I prayed that movement would come throughout all the body and that God would work through him, that that oil would go all through his body, his soul, and his spirit. God gives more top down than ever gets given bottom up. Do you hear what I'm saying? When God does something, he brings it down and it flows. You can't beat God given ever. So anybody who's talking about you keep asking me for money, I don't care if you gave $10 billion. It is never enough to beat God what comes down. Anything that we give is what we're giving up. But God will always beat you because the anointing and the blessing and the healing always flows down. So Samuel then asks, look at verse one. He says, has not the Lord anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? Remember, Saul was like, man, I'm just from a small little family back there in the little tribe. But Samuel says, are you not the chosen one? And so Samuel asks, the Lord has anointed you. And I think this was in response to Saul's statement Saul said earlier in chapter 9, he says, am I not from the smallest of the tribes of the least of families of Benjamin? And Samuel said, are you not the one being anointed as the ruler over God's people? Be careful how you see yourself in smallness. God may have greater plans for you. And Benjamin may come from the bottom, but his offspring have royal tendencies. Oh, how many parents have sacrificed for the stability and the uprising of their children? That reminds me of my friend. But here are the three signs. Look at verse number two. Verse number two says, when you go from me today, then you will find two men close to Rachel's tomb. Ah, I like that. Mm, Two men close to Rachel's tomb close to the origin of Benjamin. Ah, and Benjamin is the origin of Saul. Do you get, do you get the, the semblance, the connectivity? He says, you will find two men close to Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And so the first thing I want you to understand about this first sign is that when you come from Benjamin, you don't have to worry about whatever you lost there. You don't have to worry about what you were looking for. Some of us come from families and we're messed up. We come from backgrounds that get us off focus. And we are continuously, watch this, we're not looking for donkeys, 
but we're trying to find ourselves. We're trying to find the meaning of our own heritage. We're struggling with why we act the way we act. We're struggling with uncle so-and-so and and auntie so-and-so who treated us so horribly. That can't be right. We were raised in situations that were debauched and God said to Saul, Samuel said to Saul, you're going to find two people who will tell you the thing that you were looking for <laughs> has already been found. Ah, God. So the origin, when you come from a good place, it listen, don't expect your origin to be able to give you what you're looking for. It is when you go out, it is when you begin to follow God and obey the preparedness that Benjamin has given you, that when your time to be anointed it comes. Don't worry about your donkey. Well, I'm not qualified. Don't worry about not being qualified. Well, I don't know. I didn't go to school. Don't worry about it. In other words, all the things. Well, I got insecurity. Don't worry about when God calls you. He calls you because you came from a good origin of Benjamin. He's not calling you because Saul was qualified. He's calling him because of what he had invested in Benjamin. God's investment was in the 12 tribes of Israel, that was his investment. And so I don't want you to think that God calls you because you qualify. He calls you because you come from a place that deserves the blessing. Ah. Hence the reason for song choice number one, you deserve it. Ah, God, you're going to miss it. I set this whole sermon up in plans of dedicating it to Daddy Cain. And so here he says, don't worry about what you were looking for on the border of Benjamin. Because what he's saying is you're about to go beyond the borders of Benjamin and you're about to rise now to a status and a position of king. And you cannot be worrying about what's left or lost in Benjamin. You can't be king over Israel if you're still trying to be king of the house on your old street. Uh, Never mind. Let's go to verse number three. Verse number three says like this. Well, he ends too by saying, now behold, your father has ceased to be concerned about the donkeys and is anxious for you saying, what shall I do about my son? So transitionally, the father stopped looking for the donkeys. In other words, Saul had been gone so long. The daddy was saying, well, call off the search. What has happened to my son? I'm no longer concerned about the donkeys. I'm concerned about my son. And so verse three says this, then you will go on further. Notice that you will go on further further, that from Benjamin come people who progress. Amen. That out of a good origin, you don't stand still. That God places you in a position to move forward. His children, the Benjamites, should move forward. You will go further from there, and you will come as far as the Oak of Tabor. And there are three men. First it was two men. Now it's three men who are going up to God at Bethel. They will meet you one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying some libations, uh, <laughs> a little wine, right? And so look at this. Now, verse number three, we talked about this. He says, three men were going up to God at Bethel. The first one was, don't worry about what you're looking for. Three men going up to God, to Bethel. Notice, three men going up 
to meet God at Bethel. Oh, you're going to miss it. That God connects you with other godly people in order to get you to where you need to. (laughs) You move out of Benjamin. You move away from the tribe into the place of divinity. Isn't it nice to have a father or a dad or a mom or an origin or a tribe that leads you to other godly people? Ah, come on. Three men going up to Bethel. They had sheep, they had bread, and they had wine. So the second point I want to make is don't worry about what you don't have or what you don't need. Notice where they were. They were in the plain of Tabor. In other words, by the oak of Tabor. In other words, in the midst of a vast and large area where nothing should be growing, you will find others who are searching and coming my way who will have what you need. That's why point number one is don't worry about what you've been looking for because that has been found. But instead, on your way, you're going to find new things from godly people to provide for where you are now. The donkeys were for Benjamin, but now you're no longer in Benjamin. You're moving out into a new territory and you must leave your father. Your father has given up the search for the donkey. He's concerned about you. That's what families do. Families worry about you, but you must worry about where you came from in the sense that you must worry about where God is taking you. See your origin as a palette, a foundation for God picking you to do something down the line. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? So don't worry about what you have or what you need or what you don't have. God will give you what you need as you go on your way. So look at verse number four. He says, and they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from their hand. I'm telling some people, you better learn how to accept some things because God is giving you what you need. So verse number five says, afterward, you will come to the hill of God. Here's number three, where the Philistine garrison is. And it shall be as soon as you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets. Let me just stop there for a minute. And we got him now at the edge of Benjamin moving into the plain of Tabor. And now he's coming up to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. The place, the foundation, the war camp, the hub, the headquarters of fighting. And it shall be as soon as you come there. Notice the progression. Sign one, two people sign two, three people. He says, when you get to the garrison, as soon as you get there, you will meet a group of prophets. Uh, We go from two men to three men to a group of prophets. All of this comes out of Benjamin. Come on, somebody. So look at then verse, the second part of verse five says, coming down, this group of prophets will be coming down from the high place with harp, with tambourine, 
with flute and with a lyre before them, and they will be prophesying. And so I have to say this, that as I was singing with Ben, the doors were open, the windows were open, the nurses were sitting there, and guess what? I didn't care. I was singing so loud, I was still being respectful, but it got good, (laughs) and I felt the Holy Ghost. I could tell when I'm singing and it's me, and I can tell when the Holy Ghost takes, and the Holy Ghost keeps my voice sounds better, and stuff happens that I know I can't do, and I started singing, and it started swaying, and Ben started looking at me, and I said, king out of Benjamin, I see it now, I see it now, that these prophets were coming down from the hill of God, and they were going to meet these prophets, and they had a lyre, they had the tambourine, and they had the lute, and they were singing, and they were prophesying, they were having a jolly good time, I can't make this stuff up, y'all, here I didn't even know, I was just going to see my friend, and from a visit, God orchestrates this mighty powerful message to help us understand and appreciate the value of a man who at the moment looks weak and sick and tired but out of this comes the king of Benjamin we respect and we honor the fact that even though we are weak in God we are strong that miracles occur out of our less God gives more out of our confusion God's give clarity we see the power of God as he said in your weakness my strength is made perfect and so I stand today to honor a man who is not able to move completely as he used to but God is able because of where he comes from because Benjamin is out of Benjamin come on somebody and so verse 5 tells us he comes to the hill of God the garrison of the Philistines enter in the city and you will see prophets and they will be singing But look at verse 6 because here's where it gets juicy. He says, that's when the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Mighty and you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. Can I talk to you for a minute? That the power of the text is in verse 6. He says, when you see these godly prophets, when you see these seers coming down, he says, the spirit of the Lord will fall upon you. Don't miss this text. That the origin is Benjamin. That prepares you for the oil. The oil Samuel pours on Saul's head. And Samuel sends him away with the sign with the oil on his head. But has not the spirit of the living God been typified as the oil of God? So because of the oil on Saul's head, it petitioned the oil of the Holy Spirit that came pouring down upon Saul. So he was dubbed twice. Oil with the hand, oil from heaven. And so he says, when you meet them, the Spirit will come on you and you will prophesy with them and you will be turned into another 
man. Can I say something that even with the best of origin, even with the best of the families, even with the best of education and the best of training and wealth and all of what you come good with, you will never be another man or another woman without the changing power of God. It is when God drops on us that we change the way we think. And that's why I preach and I sweat every Sunday to get you to remember that it's the power of the Holy Spirit that needs to change you. And I remember my friend saying to me as he was riding in the car how he listened to the sermon on forgiveness. That's when he began to change. The Bible says that you became another man. Saul became another man. And ever since then, I know Ben would always tell me that ever since I listened to that sermon, I've been a better man. Benjamin is all about making people better men and better women. And I love teaching Benjamin J. Kane because he was all about being another man. I like preaching to people who want to be another man or another woman. And Saul didn't become a prophet in its purest form, but he was able to do what they did on that occasion. Saul was able to do what he was never trained to do. Look at verse number six. It says, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you mighty and you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. And then verse 7 says, and it shall be when these signs come to you, do for yourself what the occasion requires, for God is with you. Can I just say this? The first aspect was don't worry about what you're looking for, don't worry about what you need, but The third one is don't worry about what you're not able to do. (laughs) Because Saul was was not a prophet. Saul didn't go to prophecy school. Saul didn't have that kind of calling on his life. Saul was called to be king. Why in the world then would God allow Saul to prophesy along with other people who have been trained to prophesy? (laughs) God was showing Saul oh God, that out of Benjamin can come people who are not qualified to do what others have been qualified to do, but when you're anointed, and when the Spirit falls on you, you can talk like they talk, you can work like they work, you can act like they act, and so for all of you who think, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, God says today, out of Benjamin, when you come from a place of origin that is good and kindly, you too can do the impossible. Remember the sermon, I'm possible. God says to you, don't worry about what you're not able to do. And so when I think of Benjamin Cain, I think about don't worry, Ben, about what you're not able to do. It's not up to the doctors. It's not up to the medication, but it's up to the spirit of the living God. If he so chooses, if he wants to, like the three Hebrew boys, he said, if God delivers us or not, we know that he's able to. So I can lay in the bed and smile. If he lifts me up, then so be it. If he doesn't, it doesn't matter. He still can do it. But I'm able to do what is the 
doctor, you may never walk again. People, doctor may say, you'll never talk. Doctor may say this, you won't ever do. Don't tell me what you can tell me all day, what the doctor says, but God says, (laughs) when the spirit of the Lord falls upon me, I can do things that others can't do. Peter walked on water. Three Hebrews didn't burn up in the fire. Daniel didn't get eaten by the lion. Moses parted the Red Sea. Joshua duplicated the miracle and spread the water. I'm telling you, there's enough of God to do miracles in your life if you respect where you came from. The story is not about Saul and the story is not about you, but the story is about where you come from. And when you know where you come from, that's when you find the power to be who God has called you to be. So verse 7 wraps it up like this. He says, when you see that you're able to do, when you see these signs that come upon you, when you see yourself doing what you haven't been equipped to do, that's when God says, turn a loose. Do yourself what the occasion requires for God is with you. When you know that you're getting better, when you know that you're doing what you haven't been qualified to do, that's a sign that God is with you. And when you know God is with you, he says, do whatever you want. In other words, whatever you put your hands to, God says, I will bless it. And I came to tell somebody, let it be that we are people of action because for we come from a place of origin that establish our preparedness to be anointed with the oil. I'm trying to get you to see that it's not about you. It's not about how you prepare. It's not about all the things that you do. You can network all day. You got to do all your work. got to do your business plan, all of that. But the likes of your success, the king from Benjamin gets anointed because of the place of Benjamin, not because of Saul. And Saul royally messes it up, by the way, later on and read the story. But he at least gets the chance to taste it. Ah, God, I want to talk to some people that you come from a place that's so good that everything possible God set it up for you to succeed God set it up for you to be blessed and you still chose to make a mistake and disobey him I'm telling you Benjamin won't make you successful he prepares you to be called to be successful oh that's a quarter I feel something coming out of my soul Tony oh help me now Woo-hoo. so let it be when you see this happen the text says when you see this happen Saul he says let her rip. Do what God has called you to do. And when you know God is with you, you can be people of action. You can do whatever your hands have been given to do. And this I know God was with Benjamin when Joseph was sold to Egypt. Watch this. When Joseph was sold to Egypt, his brother, when Joseph was sold to Egypt and became second in command, let me tell you this. It was because of Benjamin that he was able to get his family to come back and come to Egypt and be fed and give housing to them. It was because of Benjamin. Benjamin was the key to getting the family together. I'm telling you, Saul would at some point bring the people of God to a place of finding their refuge in God. And the key to getting them to avoid the famine and reunite them with Joseph was all centered around Benjamin. And so Benjamin is the key to 
to many of our problems if we learn our origin. Stop focusing on Saul, but focus on your origin. God gave Israel something pretty special when he gave them the tribe of Benjamin. And I came to tell you that God gave BFC something pretty special when he gave us Benjamin J. Cain. He gave us someone pretty special when he gave us Daddy Cain and Mama Cain and the Cain family. What a blessing has come to BFC because of the origin of a name like Benjamin. And so I close with these thoughts, beloved. Here is my conclusion. What a standout of a man. Look at it. The king there. In red when all else is black. One man lying in a hospital room among many who are ill. But he stands out. Red with courage. Red with the fire of God. Red with hot faith. Red with the surrounding of people who are believing and supporting. Red with the anointing of his church family breath for change. Red like a king who's ready to call checkmate. Checkmate over this stroke. Checkmate over these issues in my body. I stand with the king of kings and lord of lords. I come from a royal family. The royal diadem rests on my lord and his name is Yeshua HaMashiach. So Saul only failed because the pressures of leadership got the best of him. Saul had everything necessary to succeed, but because of the pressures of leadership, Saul bit the bait of the enemy, making him think that it was about him. And Saul began to defy the call on his life and make his rule about him instead of about God. And so Saul's story today should encourage us. It should not scare us. Even though Saul failed, the point of the story is not about Saul's failure. The story is about the fact that Benjamin set him up to succeed. (laughs) This could be our story and we can decide to end it differently. We can be Saul's of our own nature coming from the place of Benjamin. Now, my friend Benjamin is not God, but he certainly holds some godly attributes. But our origins are not from Benjamin in the local right from a geographical perspective, but our origin is from God himself. And so God says, I, when you got born again, I have prepared you for success. I have already made sure that your origin possessed all the character that you need, all the integrity that you need, all the wisdom that you need, all the righteousness that you need. I made sure that when you joined my family, you were set up for success and greatness to do what
what I have called and asked you to do. So don't let Saul's story make you scared. Let it encourage you that you can too be king and queen. We can choose to obey God and let him be Lord over our lives. And one thing we do know about Saul, he learned to call on the man of God for counsel when he felt he had lost his way. And for for some of you who are like Saul, God gave you every opportunity, but you messed it up. I'm telling you, go back to the seer. Go find the prophet. Go find the man of God. Come to BFC. Hear this preaching. Let the spirit talk to you, and you too can make some changes. Because in 1 Samuel 28, Saul holds a seance. Yes, he holds a seance. He goes to see a woman of the crystal ball, and he calls her up because God God was no longer responding to him. Saul had been set up to succeed, but because of his disobedience, God was no longer responding to him. But even Saul knew that I still can't get out of this by myself. I at least got to try somebody spiritual. (laughs) And so he goes to the crystal ball woman and says, call up Samuel. He tried to lie and act like he wasn't the king. And while she was calling up Samuel, he said, she said, you are the king. You're Saul. He said, please don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. Yeah, I'm the king, but I need some help because God ain't talking to me. Samuel comes up as a spirit or a ghost. And through this seance, Samuel speaks to Saul and says, Saul, why are you calling me from my rest? Why are you talking to me? And Saul said to Samuel, he said, uh, because God ain't talking to me and I'm lost and I don't know my Hallelujah. 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 I feel him. I feel him. Hallelujah. I feel him. I feel him. God, if you've ever been lost and can't find your way, oh, I've been there. I've been there. You fall on your knees and you're crying out. You're saying, God, I need help by any means necessary. And he called out to Samuel. Samuel said, why are you calling me? He said, God ain't talking to me. And Samuel said, well, I have no other message than what God has already given you is that he ain't speaking to you because you disobeyed. He said, you didn't follow what you were supposed to do. And I'm saying to some of you, don't miss your boat. Don't miss your window of opportunity. Don't miss your chance to be great. Don't miss your chance to make a difference in the world, to make a difference, to become another man or another woman. Saul, watch this. This is a quotable. You might not be able to get it, Shana, but it's a quotable. I'll say it twice. Saul was changed enough to do the job, but not enough to get the job done. Ah, yay, yay, yay. Saul was changed enough to do the job, but not enough to get the job done. And there are a whole lot of Christians who are doing the job in the church, active, busy bodies, but they haven't changed enough to finish the job. Saul could start it, but he couldn't bring him in. And God makes it clear that I'm the God of Israel because I brought you out 
and I brought you in. Your life is not a testimony of goodness until God is able to bring you in. And I came to declare today that God is not finished with my friend. That God will not lay you down without lifting you up. One way or the other, God is not going to leave you in limbo and in disarray. God is the God of being able to do the job and finish the job. Don't you worry, friend. Benjamin Cain, God is on the job. And God never fall short of whatever he starts because even scripture says whatever God has begun in you he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ so each one of us has our own Benjamin tribe from which we come and God has given us rich heritage but we question its value and its significance we question what God has done for us we question who God has called us to be and we piddle around every day as if we have no value, as if we don't come from a royal tribe. I came to tell you to produce something that's good enough to be called you. Produce something that's good enough to be called you. And when I think of Benjamin J. Cain, I think of a man who produced something that's good enough to be called him. Benjamin. I am a Benjamite. Little Ben is a Benjamite. Stacy is a Benjamite. Charles is a Benjamite. I'm a Benjamin, because from his good value comes someone like him. Is your son or daughter a Chariite? Is your son a Shanite? Is your daughter a Ririite? Let what you do, this is a quotable, let what you do and who you are be a reflection of where you come from. Ah, God. Let what you do and who you are be a reflection of where you come from. So I'm a better man today for knowing Benjamin J. Kane. He makes me a better man. But I only know that's true because he is being made a better man by God as well. And together we are growing in the tribe of change. (laughs) In the pursuit of health, we discover our richness of love. And so even in his state of being ill, he is yet growing. For the scripture says, though my outward man perishes, my inward man is being renewed day by day. God anoints our heads with oil till our cups are running over. He leads us beside still waters and makes us lie down in green pastures. He restores our souls, yes. He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And even if we get close to the valley of the shadow of death, We will fear no evil, for his rod and his staff will comfort us. And surely his goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. 
When I stood by Ben's bedside, I had my rod and I had my staff. I took my word of God. I had my oil of anointing. And surely when I left, goodness and mercy remained. A king from Benjamin has been dedicated to the one who cries more than me, my friend, Daddy Benjamin J. Kane. Get well, my friend. We are holding you in high honor today and in fervent prayers. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.